So I'm going to be discussing Zarevsky. What does an argument culture look like? So I first want to establish the definition of culture as described by Zarevsky. So his definition is especially important as it forms a foundation and framework for which the rest of this paper is centered around. At the very beginning on page 297, Zarevsky states that a culture designates a body of norms and practices and the people who engage in them that are sustained across time. So all the information and characteristics of an argument culture is applied through this definition. And Zarevsky's focus is not on what constitutes a culture, but understanding a culture and what happens when it becomes in quote-unquote argument culture. So argument culture urges us to approach the world in an adversarial frame of mind, which holds both parties accountable for finding and presenting evidence in their claims. At what point do we achieve an argument culture and how do we maintain it is the question. So Zarevsky identifies the features of an argument culture, which is the importance of the audience in their presence, embracing uncertainty, valuing conviction, justifying instead of proving. So he explains a feature of what justification is, and this isn't to be confused as a counterpart to an argument culture as it is aside from that. And this feature of justification is a commitment to a certain position, not the assurance of truth. Another feature is cooperative enterprise. And lastly, people who are willing to take risks. And when we say this, this includes the risk of being wrong and losing face among, among others. So moving on to the productive tensions of argument culture. So productive tensions allow us to advance our critical arguments. You have one argument on one side um, and another on the other side, and views can fall within that, that spectrum. So I'm going to refer to an example that you used in class with the addition of my own as well. So productive tensions can be seen in political parties, for example, the conservative right and the liberal left on the far end. So I'm going to use healthcare for instance. The conservative right supports a free market healthcare system. They believe that the government should not fund healthcare, it should be between the um, physician and their patient, while liberals support free or low-cost government-controlled health care. Now, both parties agree that all Americans should have access to health care, but the question is who should pay for it. So the productive tensions in reference to an argument culture are commitment and contingency. So before engaging the argumentation, you commit to your views, you're um, sticking to your beliefs. On the other end, contingency says you aren't committed to a certain position. You're willing to lean left or right within that spectrum. You have partisanship and restraint. This asks, am I going to stick with my argument and solely believe in that and nothing else or steer my position into the other side and begin to um, understand their views and maybe side with their views as well? Because as you said in class, when you go into an argument, sometimes you can change your mind. You shouldn't have the same views as when you went in, maybe even if it's a small thing that changes. Um, exceptions can be made within an argument as well. For example, within a, with the abortion debate, pro-life and those against abortion, um, and those against abortion as well, but they make an exception for pregnancies due to rape, incest, etc. Those individuals are not completely pro-life and are willing to navigate conversations. So personal conviction and sensitivity to audience, that personal conviction is integrity in what you believe in. Like, this is what I believe and I'm going to stick to it. But you must take into consideration your audience and pick an argument that will work for them and be in their favor, even if you don't believe it. Because as mentioned, the audience is the most important. And reasonableness and subjectivity. So this is tension between looking at everything as one or handling everything on a case by case basis. So when he says reasonableness, he means something being accepted one way, but also understanding that there, there are exceptions within this as well. So an example. So lastly, decision and non-disclosure. This tension is either picking a side, saying that you agree or disagree, versus never revealing what side you fall on. If I'm witnessing two of my closest friends in an argument and they ask my opinion about who I feel is right and why, 
and I don't disclose this information they ask for. And the reason I do this is because I know picking a side, even if I already chose one in my head internally, this will cause chaos. So what I do is I choose not to disclose this information um, for the sake of that in regards to this argument.